This is Jordan here, Brother Carl Harris with us. Any further ado, God bless you, Brother Carl. Come take your liberty if you will. Y'all bust a preacher's heart, man. Glory to God. I got a feeling. Mm, everything going to be all right. Well, I. Mm-mm-mm. I think I might just, I think I might just grow some hair. Whew. I used to sing that song. I'm gonna, I'm gonna retire it after him. Mm. Some young punk could get up and sing that song. But when you got a guy silver hair sound here singing, he knows what he's singing about. I did that one church, tore the house down, chubby chubby preacher moonwalking. Oh, I didn't know you sat down there. (laughs) That was good stuff. I I, I almost didn't miss Mike Perky. If you have your Bibles, why don't you open with me, if you will, to Galatians chapter 3. Sorry, I have to recompose myself just a little bit. I just don't like that kind of music. <laughs> okay, whatever. But I like to, I, I tell you, however you party, you got a party. Can you say amen? amen? I got a feeling. Everything going to be all right. Hallelujah. You know, you can receive during a song like that. I was preaching in a northern church, and a lady walked up to me, and she said, you don't have to have a feeling. You got a promise. I looked at her. I said, yeah, a promise is good. But I, I happen to know that when a promise gets inside of you, it produces a feeling. Yeah. It's, my fa- it's my favorite church. It's my favorite church. It's my favorite church. Galatians chapter 3. Of course, I tell them all that. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 13, Christ has already redeemed us from the curse of the law. How? Being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Doesn't mean you can't climb them. They're talking about the cross. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That, colon, finishing of a thought, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Can I tell you something? When the blessing of Abraham comes on the Gentile, you ain't no longer a Gentile. Can I say ain't? I use the word ain't. I like it. Ain't. It's in the dictionary now. So I use the word ain't. Ain't nothing wrong with using ain't. You sound ignorant. Well, I got a master's degree, so I can say ain't if I want to. I paid the price to be able to say ain't. You ain't no longer a Gentile, something else. You have rights and privileges, not with God, but over the devil. Somebody say amen. 
I don't ever have to walk into the presence of the Lord and tell him what he's going to do. He's already so far ahead of me. He's already doing it before I can think of it. I didn't preach like this in morning service. I don't know where this is going to end up going, but y'all done sung that song and got me messed up. I'm going to blame it all on that man right there. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Before the devil has a, ever has a thought, God's already got a plan. But so often we take over and try to do it. And God's plan's over here and you're fixing it over here and all the Lord wants you to do is get involved with his plan. Get involved with what he's doing. He'll fix it for you. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I was standing in a little church in East Tennessee. The Sunday school teacher was doing an awesome job. She was covering praise and work. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, witnessing. And, and I love technique. And she's given all these techniques and she's using scripture and it was sound and it was good. But after about 40 minutes, something was scratching at the back of my brain. And I'm realizing something very powerful is missing from this moment. I'm, I, but what is missing from this, this thing? And suddenly it was like a bomb dropped. She's never one time mentioned the anointing. You can talk until you're blue in the face, but it's the anointing that'll unlock the door. It's the anointing that provides the electricity that people understand that what you're talking about, you really got. Is anybody looking at me getting what I'm saying? So many of us, we work hard. One day it dawned on me, I can, I can work hard or I can let God do it. I had the Lord tell me one church I was in, he said, sit down and watch me run this service. Now, I got to tell you, Pastor, that's the oddest thing in the world. I, I've, I've had a guitar in my hand, and their praise and worship team was awesome. But I got up there, and I started just singing from my heart. Next thing I know is what is that holy hush moment. Anybody ever been in one of those things where the, God just kind of walked in? And it's just, whoo, I mean, the anointing. I'm getting chills thinking about it so thick. You could cut it with a knife if it was possible. Then the Lord said, sit down and watch me run this service. So I walked over and I sat down. Preachers don't sit down. We run things. I set my tail down. God tells you, sit down. Sit down! I sat down. Later the pastor told me, I looked at you, I looked at the pulpit, I looked at you, I looked at the pulpit, I looked at you, I looked at the pulpit, I looked at you, I looked at the pulpit. I, he said, I thought any minute this kid's going to do something. No, kid did something. Sit down. Next thing I knew, somebody got up and sang a song. Acapella, beautiful. Somebody gave a tongues. Somebody interpreted it. Head deacon walked up to me and said, would you mind if I say something? I said, no, go ahead. It's not my service anymore. He walked up to the pulpit. He said, folks, for two solid years, we prayed for revival. Here it's come, and we found it inconvenient. an indictment that I couldn't have spoken because I don't know what they've done. It's all said and done, ladies and gentlemen. Sunday morning, my wife was still in that church and I, I got in the car and went on to the next place. I don't remember now why it worked out that way. It just did. It broke her heart because they went back to business as usual. We don't have to live in business as usual anymore because there's an anointing that belongs to you. It's time that we redig 
the old wells. Time to come back to who we are. Time to restore the identity that we have lost because the enemy has brought religion our direction. Laziness follows religion. It's easier to be religious, believe it or not, than it is to be in relationship with God. It's easier to do religion, but it's more costly to do religion because you live a powerless existence when you are the offspring of Almighty God. You're the people in this earth with some power and recourse. And the enemy's running through this country, raping this country and the world because the church could care less if we've got a dollar bill to spend. I didn't preach like that in the beginning service. I'm sorry, Pastor. But the church, thank God you're not in one of those. Thank God you're not in a dead church. Thank God you're in a church with a pastor with enough common sense to keep you in revival. I don't have to bring revival to this church. You're already running in it. But so much of the church, you know, Pastor, I, I, I've got just enough energy to go Sunday morning because I don't get enough in Sunday morning to be able to come back Sunday night. I know the verse says if you wait upon the Lord. So what does that say about your first service of the day? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They mount up with wings as eagles. They run and are not weary. They walk and they're not going to faint. I look at an old guy like this, get up there and sing that song. Forgive me for using the word old because you don't got old on you nowhere. You get up there and you sing like a 20-year-old with all the energy. You got it all going on. Hallelujah. Getting better every day in every way. And I'm saying, I, I saw a young lady walking out of here 81 years old. And I said, I want you to pray for me that when I'm 81 years old, I'll have the kind of mind you got. Then I find out she's teaching Sunday school. But I'm going to tell you what she knows. She's a blood-bought daughter of the Most High God. And she walks around like somebody that has recourse. I'm sick and tired of religion that sucks all the strength out of you. You do all the stuff that looks godly. But oh, wouldn't it be a magnificent thing if the children of God would get up and walk in a fresh anointing and begin to tear the walls of the enemy down. Get it out outside this church glory to God and watch Lakeland be turned upside down by the power of God young people full of God walking back into their schools lights going on in the hallway and I'm not talking from a fluorescent bulb somewhere I heard a story of a young boy that the Lord said get up on your table and preach in, in lunch he said okay God he got up on the table and began to preach Principal and three teachers came after him. Ended up slain in the spirit on the cafeteria floor. And the boy kept preaching. Wasn't being disrespectful. He was respecting a higher authority because he understood something. Are y'all still with me? Wasn't long. All the kids in the school are getting saved. The violence went down to next to nothing. The principal came up to him and said, would you mind? Are y'all still with me? So we have things that have to happen. Would you mind we'll move you to the, the auditorium and people that want to eat can eat and people that want to come listen to you preach, they can come listen to you preach. Cafeteria completely empty. Everybody sitting in the auditorium, the boy preaching Jesus. What are you saying to us? You're not cursed, you're blessed. And when you walk in the blessing of God, the presence of the Lord flows through every place you go. Glory to God. You are not cursed. You're blessed. I don't care what grandpa did. I don't care what grandmama did. Whatever lifestyle they had, they're paying for. 
But I'm going to promise you this right now, that when you came through the blood, your bloodline was pulled off and stuck into another bloodline altogether. You're walking as a child of the Most High God, which means the presence of the Lord can flow through your life on the worst day of your life. Somebody better shout me down. I'm preaching good. I'm not preaching some old dead theology to you. I'm preaching live theology. I happen to believe in theology. It's the study of God, and I want to study God. But I don't study him to prove him dead. I study him to prove him alive and well and still doing what he's always done because he's a God that doesn't change. He still needs some Elijahs. He still needs some Deborahs. He still needs some, you name it, he still needs some Moseses. Some people that will stand up and be accounted Worthy to carry the anointing. Well, preacher, I'm not called to preach, but the Bible says you have a ministry. The ministry of reconciliation. The word reconciliation means I've been restored to favor with God, which means, praise God, I have the ability to show people where the path is. And most of the time, all I got to do is show up. I said, most of the time, all I got to do is show up. God knows what he's doing. Are y'all still here? I walked into a little parts house in Plant City. Guy behind the counter was trying to work the transaction. I bought a pair of pasteboard brakes guaranteed to the curb. Eight dollars to stop a 1980 Buick Regal. He pushed the buttons and nothing happened. He got mad. I don't care if you get mad, but leave Jesus' name out of it. He started using the name of Jesus as a curse word. And I'm over there and I'm getting madder than I can even tell you. I was redder than that cloth right there. And I started praying inside, oh dear Jesus, help me. Because if you don't, now this is my exact words to God. If you don't, I'm going to jump across this counter and rip his head off. Guy behind me in line said, "Woo! you're going to hell. I turned and looked at him. The guy behind the counter started to shake. He turned and he said, what would you say? He said, I don't even want to be next to you. God's going to strike you with lightning. And I thought, huh, effective. I wouldn't have thought to have said that. Effective. The guy behind me starts bawling like a baby. Great big tough parts selling, drag racing tough dude starts bawling like a baby. That's a Holy Ghost thing when a man like that starts bawling. Can you say amen? He said, I know. He said, I haven't been to church in a long time. Guy behind me says, you need to go. He was in a 40-minute grace, so he got mad. He said, well, you need to go too. The guy behind me starts bawling. Now, you got to understand, this is not a normal thing. Now, you can be dumb and act like you had nothing to do with that, or you can say, God answered a prayer. He taught me, I don't really need you other than your presence in a situation, walk in and be prepared for me to use you. Are y'all still with me? I watched this thing, man, like a ping pong match. Until they talked each other into going back to church that Sunday morning. I never opened my mouth. Fact is, they forgot I was there. I'm standing there watching this whole thing. And the guy went, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I said, no, that's cool. It's all right. He reached down and he touched that button. The very next, if I'm lying, I'm frying. The very next button he touches, ching, ching. He handed me $12 and a core slip. And any man in here knows what a core slip is if you ever worked on your own vehicle. It was something that they wanted part of it back. I'm going to get some money back for bringing back that, what was left of those pasteboard brakes that I took off. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you right now, you got more for you than against you. It's about time you start looking to the hills from which cometh your help. You're not defeated. You're more than conquerors. Oh, let me, let me, let me try to preach this sermon the way it's supposed to be preached. You say, you're not? I'm trying. Christ has already redeemed you from the curse. So I think it's about time you stop living in it. Stop living in poverty. Start, stop expecting it to be bad just because it was bad for your family for generations. Enough is enough. You're connected to Almighty God. Your bloodline changed at the cross. And if you're sitting around living in religion, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Start enjoying God. Walk into His presence and I'm glad I'm your kid. Are, are y'all with me? Walk in because you've been restored to favor. Well, I'm just scared to come into the presence of God. Well, stop it. My daughter isn't afraid of me. Sometimes I wish she was. But she's not, she comes in my house. She goes to my refrigerator. She'll drink my last Dr. Pepper. Because it's hers when she lays eyes on it. She walks in relationship with me. She knows I won't kill her. Are, are y'all still in this house with me? You're trying to say don't walk in reverence. I'm not either. I think it's irreverent when you don't trust God enough to walk into his presence knowing that he loves you. That he's for you, not against you. That he didn't go to the trouble to send his son to die for you and not give you everything heaven has to offer along with him when you say, I believe you are who you say you are. And like Abraham, it's accounted to me for righteousness and I'm going to be called the friend of God. Mm -mm -mm. You're redeemed from the curse because Christ was made a curse for us for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on us who are of other nations. Now we're something different. Somebody say, I'm something else. My daddy used to say that to me, and it wasn't a good thing. Boy, you're something else. That, that, reason statement, that the blessing of Abraham might come on us, that we might be called, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. How? Through faith. Can somebody say faith? Now, i got to tell you right now, there have been so many people dismantled faith, made it so hard that it's hard to grasp what faith is. Can somebody raise their hand and say amen? amen? Let me tell you what faith is. Faith is what you do about what you know, period. Why is it so quiet in here? I just made it easy. Took all those volumes, shrunk it down to a sentence. Faith is doing what you know about what you're supposed to know in the Word of God. Can you say amen? It says, come to Christ. You came to Christ. God saw the faith, extended grace and mercy to you. You're a kid of the Most High God. You belong to Him, which means everything heaven has to offer belongs to you. You just have to learn to walk in it. I said, you just have to learn to walk in it. God didn't toss you the keys to your car and say, you know, go drive it and figure out how it works. You go through classes. You know, some of y'all didn't. Somebody didn't. Somebody tossed you a set of keys and said, here, go drive it and figure out how it works. Run through Lakeland and just see. Just try not to hit anybody. <laughs> no, you learned how to walk in that thing. Can somebody say amen? Isaiah said it like this, learn to do well. Learn to do well. How do I do that? Any way you have to. Some of us may have to go to Sunday school. Did I say that out loud, Pastor? Some, you're helping me too much. He said some of us want to. Some of us want to. That was a joke, by the way. Keep it up. You have to learn to walk with God. Abraham learned to walk with God. He gets this voice. Uh, <clears throat> leave your family. Take a walk. Huh? 
leave your family, leave your comfort zone, leave a, a homemade army amongst a time when there are marauders everywhere and go to the land that I'm going to show you. I'm going to bless you. And through you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He didn't sleep till noon, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says he was up early the next morning and gone. Can you imagine what his daddy thought, what his mama thought? He's up early in the morning. He said, okay, God, where you lead me, I will follow. Where you lead me, I will follow. Where you lead me, I will follow. I'll go with you, with you, all the way. And let me tell you a little something that dawned on me one day. He didn't become wealthy when he got to the promised land. He was enriched on the way as he followed God. Some of you are missing out on some of what the kingdom of God has for you. You spend too much time concentrating on what you got to get today. Let me tell you something. Faith is what you do. Well, you know what James says faith is? Faith is what you do about what you know. Okay. Okay. When you when you came when somebody preached to you Jesus, did you sit there and just wait for God to do it, or did you go and accept Him as your Lord and Savior? So you did something, correct? No, you did something. You did something about what you knew. I know he's the son of God. Therefore, I say, come into my heart. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm not telling you to do God's job. I'm telling you to do exactly the opposite. But you've got to step into that victory and into that miracle or the enemy will steal it from you every day. Give her a big hand, church. I got to tell you, it's nice to be in a church where people are experiencing God. Can you say amen? And God's a little better than Sarah Lee. Sarah Lee says, I've got so many ways, you're bound to like one of them. <laughs> I'm telling you, God's better than Sarah Lee. Can you say amen? But when you're walking with God, he says, listen, there's a little something for you. Can you say Amen. It's not about walking around dead all the time trying to figure out everything. You walk with God, and that moment begins to be a lifestyle for you. Come on, somebody shout now. So you're not, you're not, you're not taking your life and adding Jesus to it. Jesus is your life, and he informs the rest of it. Can you say amen? Which means, hey, I get in this Bible, I figure out what belongs to me, and then I don't have to figure it out every day. Somebody say amen. Because I know what the Word of God says. I don't say, well, I hope so. I, 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 I believe so. I think so. I know so because the Word of God says it is the way that it is. And it says that those that have come through that process have put on... Look over. Look a little bit farther down. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now turn the page just a little bit. And look over at verse 26. It says, for you're all the children of God by faith. How? By faith in Christ Jesus. I'm sorry, there's no other name under heaven by which anybody comes to God except by that one name. Can somebody say amen? For as many of you as have been baptized, somebody say baptized, into Christ have put on Christ. 
The word there for baptism is baptizo. There's two words that we know of in the Bible for baptism. One is bapto, the other is baptizo. We know that because of a pickle recipe that Nicander wrote 100 years before Christ. He said, you bapto the cucumber in vinegar, you baptizo, I'm sorry, you bapto it in water, you wash it, and then you baptizo it in the vinegar. What happens is a process. Can you say amen? And I don't know about you, I like cucumbers good, but I like me some pickles a whole lot better. I told my wife though that we're running out of pickles because she knows when Brother Carl's out of pickles, we got to have some more pickles. I remember my little girl walked into a, 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 I'm trying to think of the name of the fast food restaurant. Looks like, oh, Crystal's. Walked in and said, could I have some pickles? She was little and cute. And the cup of pickles that that woman handed her, she walked around for a solid month with pickles in both cheeks. Walked around until until she looked up at me. She said, Daddy. I said, what? She said, my teeth is sore. I said, can I tell you why? She said, yeah. I said, because you've been sucking on pickles and that vinegar has has made your teeth sore. She said, oh, okay, well then, will I get over it? I said, yeah. She said, okay. And she stuffed her, her, her cheeks full of pickles again. I said, sweetheart, aren't you in pain? She said, yeah, but I'll get over it. Because there's something about pickles. Can you say amen? What we need in the body of Christ are some more pickles. Some more pickled Christians. Can somebody say amen? And I don't mean pickle like it used to be. I'm talking about people walking through a process understanding that I'm coming out of this different than I went in. Oh, I may look the same, but there is a saltiness about me that makes some people thirsty for the things of God. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. He said, listen, if you've been baptized into Christ, you have put him on. That's the reason. That is the reason that he could preach. St. Paul, you've put on a helmet of salvation. Who's your salvation? You've put on a breastplate of righteousness. Who is your righteousness? Who is the way, the truth, and the life? Who's the prince of peace? Who is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of your faith? Who is the sword of the spirit? He's the word of God. Somebody say amen. You get it? What are you saying, preacher? You've put him on. What in the world can the devil really do to you? What, 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 What really can he do to you? Oh, a whole bunch. Really? Because you see, my Bible tells me I've got on some armor. And unless I turn my back to him, I'm covered up. Come on, don't shout me down now when I'm preaching good. See, the other day I, I was in my motorhome, and I, I don't know what I did. But for several days I'd been feeling some kind of a, I don't know how to explain it, something in this quadricep right here. One day I stretched and it went all the way down into the side of my calf and it ripped. It felt like somebody had ripped my nerves loose. And I mean, you talk about pain. I picked that foot up. And I, and I had that for about two or three days where, where I'd stretched just the right way. And, I, oh, and Terry asked me, you think that's one, what'd you call it? It sounded intelligent when you said it. That's the reason I want to say it again. And I said, baby, I don't know what that is. I said, but I do know this. I'm a blood-bought son of the Most High God who can't go under for going over. I'm the head every day and twice on Sunday, and this thing's coming off of my leg because this leg belongs to God. Hello. This leg belongs to God. That leg belongs to God. Hey. Oh, and it just came off of you immediately. No, the Bible says these signs shall follow those that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall. Somebody say recover. See, if you don't get it immediately, you think nothing's happened. Doctor works on you, you go into recovery. Oh, by the way, somebody got a left knee that's healed. 
happened during praise and worship. You may not have realized it yet. But that left knee's healed. Pain's gone out of it because it went out of mine. I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you walk each step into a recovery. And see, the devil walks into your life and he says to you, see, um, you didn't get it immediately. You didn't get anything. Anybody ever had that happen? If you'll shut that down, tell him, keep him out quiet. I'm a blood-bought child of God. I'm covered up in Christ. You can't have this knee. You can't have this leg. It don't belong to you. You'll find out. You'll be walking. You'll go, wait a minute. Worry. I can't do Michael Jackson's moves, but someday in heaven I'm going to have a body like Arnold Schwarzenegger's. I'm going to eat Krispy Kremes and muscles will come. And I'll be able to, whoo, whoo. Anybody glad you came to church? Somebody, like I said earlier, I was in the church and I don't know what song I sang. But, but, but somebody said, I don't believe you can do it. And so I sang a little bit of it. And then in the middle of the whole thing, I, I, and the whole church come unglued. And I asked Terry later, I said, what in the world? She said, Carl, preachers just don't do that stuff. I said, this one does. I don't think God's offended by a little personality. Now the devil hopes and prays to God will be our imitation of whatever other preacher we can find. One day God said, you know what the problem is? Now let me believe God can speak. I said, what? I figured if he's asking the question, I obviously don't know. I said, what? He said, you're not having any fun. You're a whole lot better when you're having fun. And I had lost the joy of ministry because I had forgotten who I am in him. I've learned I can have what I ask for. I'm not in bondage to anything. Don't have to be. I've been given everything that I need to live godly. Peter said so, and I'm saying it's so. Peter says it. It's okay. Now, I know he entered every room mouth first. But some things Peter got right, and especially when he was filled with the Holy Ghost, he got some things right. Can you say amen? The first major revival added 3,000 to the church. I think Peter got some things right. Hello? He might have said some dumb things before that point, but the Holy Spirit can take your dumb tongue and make it say some smart things. I know. Been there, done that. Bought the T-shirt, have the hat. Somebody say amen. So whatever you think you're lacking today, your God is more than able to make up the difference. He's a difference-making God. Is anybody in this place sick of religion? One day I'm sitting studying. Actually, the truth, of the, the truth of the matter is I was reading Facebook. I was reading down on some conservative website of the Assemblies of God. Our leadership had put a wonderful video out there about calling us back to prayer. And within about 14 statements, they were in another debate. And I said to myself, I've had enough of this garbage. We have argued ourselves to a standstill. It's over for me. I looked up from Terry. I said, I got a brand new model for this ministry. She said, yeah, what is it? I said, no gimmicks, no garbage, just Jesus. Just Jesus. I'll let the people argue that want to sit back and debate every little thing. Me, I'm going to find the lost and I'm going to get them into the kingdom with God's help. Can you say amen? I'm just pressing past all that stuff. Love you when you're tired of it. Come on back with the rest of us that are just sick and tired of religion. We want to see God move. Amen. Is anybody else in here like that? Amen. Four of you. I said, is there anybody else in here like that? Yes. Enough. Enough. You know, when I walk in this church, 
I looked around and I said, dear God in heaven, this is just where God wants to be. Not because of the building, but because of the people that inhabit it. He walks in with you. And he's ready to do some great things in your life and in your families. He's ready to do some great things in your job. Does anybody want it? I don't know what kind of room I'm going to have. But I'm going to in a second invite everybody that will come into this altar with me. And we're just going to come into agreement that for the next several nights, and I know some of you have work schedules or whatever, but for the next several nights, it's going to be all about Jesus. Amen. We're going to commit ourselves to being those people that God can use. Now, I'm not telling you to go out of here and, and, and do some evangelism explosion thing. If you, if you know how to do that, you know those tenets and steps, do it. It's wonderful. But I'm talking about people going to walk with a fresh anointing. They just want to be used by God. They're sick of the nonsense and the promises and the, and, and the gimmicks and the, and the junk. And you say, Lord, I'm just leaving it all at this altar and I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I was in a little, little revival last week. It was Saturday morning and it was a men's thing for that particular Saturday. And I looked at them and I said, guys, if you get up one more time, then you get knocked down, you win. All it takes to win is get up one more time, then you get knocked down. I said, is there anybody in here in the struggle right now? And you say, preacher, I need to get back up. I'm thinking three, four people, the entire room with the exception of a few stood up. Every one of them said, I need to get back up. If you get up one more time and you get knocked down, honey, you win. Is anybody encouraged? Just get up one more time. Get up one more time. Push it one more time. Pray it one more time. Go after your miracle one more time. If you'll go one more time, you're going to have your miracle. Somebody say amen. Amen. 